Influential podcast dedicated to the profession of pharmacy with over 80,000 listeners worldwide. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Season two of Beyond the SIG is supported by the Pennsylvania Department of Health in partnership with the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. Funding was provided through the Preventative Health and Health Services Block Grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The contents of this podcast are solely the responsibility of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of the Pennsylvania Department of Health or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association's podcast, Beyond the SIG, is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome back to the second season of the Beyond the Sick podcast, giving a shot about diabetes. Again, my name is Dr. Litvak, and here also is Dr. Hay. Rachel, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying the beautiful fall weather here in Pittsburgh. How have you been? Pretty good. I will say that it's really, really cold in the morning, and it really becomes spring at night, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's kind of that in-between weather. Absolutely. I'm actually really excited about our guest today um, because she brings a really different perspective than anyone else we've had on. And I'm really, really excited to see what she has to say. Um, So today we're going to uh, speak with Julia Firestein. She's currently in her second professional year of pharmacy school at Wilkes University Nesbitt School of Pharmacy. And there she's currently the class president, APHA Women's Health co-chair, and the Curriculum Committee Student Representative. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. That was a great intro, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's more that we could probably add on to that for you. Yeah, I know you're bit, super involved. Definitely jump into whatever I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to get right into it. I know that you've had a lot of experience with DSMES. So just give us a little bit of background of how that even started. How is a student even involved in DSMES? Yeah, so thankfully with my intern license, I can get involved in clinical applications like this in community pharmacy. So at my specific location, we're an independent pharmacy and we were applying for accreditation whenever I joined in. So my primary job once I joined the pharmacy was, you know, getting the standards done, working to make sure we could actually get accredited for DMSES services. So there are certain standards you have to complete. I believe there's 10. His previous interns did one through four, and I kind of handed off four through six, which are the more uh, individualized standards. So you have to follow along with a patient or two, do some education, you know, keep charts, request lab reports. So It's a lot more intensive than the first few standards where it may just be like best practices or who holds what position. But specifically as the intern, I definitely had like the main role in managing and handling the DSMES at our services. So it was pretty neat. That's crazy. So tell us about your site. Where are you at? Yeah, so I'm at the Medicine Shop Boyertown right now. It's about an hour north of Philadelphia. It's an independent pharmacy owned by Ed and Terry Hudon. They've had it for, I think, 26 years now, which is pretty impressive. It's a really beautiful building too. But um, we have about probably 2,500 scripts a week. We're pretty big on vaccinations as well. We have PacMed, sort of geriatrics, nursing homes, med delivery. So we like to stay pretty busy as well, to to say the least. But um, 
it's definitely a high traffic site, which made us very interested in providing the SMES services because we could have a bigger patient outreach. Awesome. So Julia, can you tell us a little bit more about your role in DSMES classes? Um, were you leading some of the classes? Were you, you know, working under a preceptor? What did that look like? Yes. Yeah, so thanks to my license, I have to kind of do everything under preceptor, which is good because if I have a question, I can refer to someone who, you know, is a bit more knowledgeable on the subject, but I did primarily lead the classes. So we didn't do any group classes yet because we wanted to offer that after we got accredited. And once we had more of a good base of what patients were interested. So I primarily followed the one patient we started for applying accreditation with and I led the classes that there were templates for uh, given to us by a friend from Dr. Pizzino. So it was anything from healthy coping, you know, what to do when your blood sugar is a little high, you know, there's a lot of guilt and grief that goes with that. So we wanted to kind of tell them coping mechanisms, like reaching out to family and friends. It's, it's not the end of the world for one bad reading and we don't want people to punish themselves for it, but um, similar education systems like that. So healthy eating, healthy activities, things like that. Um, I led most of those services and we did complete all the education sessions with the one patient I was following. And it was interesting to see because the patient I was with was, you know, in her late eighties, kind of apathetic when we started the program, wasn't really sure why she was in it. Mm -hmm. Um, her daughter was primarily managing all her medications and it seemed like it was a lot on her daughter to manage her life and her mother's life as well. So her daughter was very excited about our program, but getting the actual patient there was another step. But once we had her sit in with our educational sessions, and I think um, me just kind of being young and on the opposite end of the spectrum really helped us balance it out. And she became more interested in the sessions as we went along. So it was very interesting to see that growth. And whenever I got kind of stuck on, you know, feeling like I couldn't do more for the patient. I would consult my pharmacist, my preceptor, Ed, and he would give me encouraging tips because being in a community setting, he knew his patients better. So he would say, you know, this patient likes her independence and she might feel like it's being taken away from her. So remind her that this program is to give her that independence back. It's to get her back on her feet and help her manage her disease state. This isn't supposed to be any kind of degrading education system. Like she knows her disease state and we just want to help her manage it better. So it was quite a journey with the education sessions, but I did primarily run them and it was very fun. Honestly, I got to see patient care very live and in front of me. And that's amazing that you're so young and you're doing patient care and you're really, you're so involved. Um, even just leaving, leading the classes yourself, I think is so cool. Obviously you have a preceptor and someone you could go to when you have a question, but you were really taking the lead on all the information and the PowerPoints. Yeah, certainly. It was nice to have something to go off of, too. So I'm curious also to know, you said that she was a little hesitant at first. So what were some of the strategies that you had to, um, you know, make her feel more comfortable as you went on in the sessions? Yeah, she would. We would start the sessions in the beginning and she would state kind of what she was upset with instead mm -hmm. of happy with. And I took those statements and tried to make it a positive. So she was upset because we were going to her daughter who was her caretaker listed as her primary contact under her chart, but she was upset we would go to her daughter first before her. 
because she felt like her daughter was overwhelmed with managing everything, which she had voiced many times. So I reminded her again, this program is so you can take some of that weight off of your daughter. And I said, if you want us to come directly to you, that is no problem. Like I will change that in your chart. And we did. And that's when I said, how about I sit down with just you and me and do the education sessions? We don't have to feel pressure on your daughter to come to the session so she can also understand. So how about me and you sit down and give you some of that independence back? Um, she was also upset because she was taking so many medications. You know what happens with elderly populations. And I reminded her, you know, there's there's a reason she's on all of these and, you know, encouraged her that her doctor was doing the right thing by having her on an anti-diabetic agent, a statin and a blood pressure. Like those, those are the top three we want to see with these disease states because they're very intertwined. And once we kind of got into the nitty gritty and education and reminding her like this, this is for your benefit. And at any point, if you want to stop, you may, like I never made her feel like she had to stay in it, um, which was stressful because we needed to get accreditation by a certain deadline, but by no means was I ever trying to force her to be in the program. And I think she kind of shifted her view and was able to realize, okay, this, this is for my benefit. And, you know, we put her on pack meds. So it was easier for her to manage her medications. They're dosed out by day. She just rips it off. And, um, I think she actually found it was more helpful than not, but it was quite a learning curve for me as my first patient experience to have um, someone who does not want to do it. So I feel like you learn the most from maybe the patients that are a little bit more resistant than the patients that are like, yes, yes, yes to everything. Uh, you definitely learn more from maybe someone that's a little bit more resistant and someone that you might need to help and guide more than others. Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah. And I just want to say, Julia, I'm so impressed um, by just the way that you've been able to dive right into these classes. I mean, you haven't had diabetes therapeutics yet, have you? Not yet. No. <laughs> so that's incredible that you're leading these classes. But not only that, you're really working with, you know, some challenging patients, you're utilizing motivational interviewing skills, you're providing empathy, you know, you're really working as a pharmacist here, and you're only in your second year of school. I'm really impressed. I was definitely not that far along in my second year. Um, so I guess, like doing all these sessions, um, was that able, like, were you able to build confidence throughout the sessions? Like, how did your first session compare to your last session? What growth did you see? I grew a lot, to say the least, over the summer for those three or four months. So the first education session, I printed out the slides for the patient because she doesn't have access to a computer. And I wanted to make sure she had them for reference. So I sat down with her. We took notes. Um, and the first session was kind of like getting, dipping your toes in. So I figured out, you know, what she was more concerned with. And she was more concerned with, you know, why am I taking these medications? What are they really doing? Sometimes my blood sugar isn't better. So afterwards, you know, I would write down her questions, make sure I had them before the next session. And it was really just primarily individualizing that experience. So that's where my biggest learning curve was. So realizing, okay, what are this patient's needs? Like, it's not just reading off these slides and having them regurgitate information. It's having the next education session be about healthy coping because she felt guilty putting it all on her daughter. And then after that, she wants to manage it herself. So let's do um, monitoring for how to properly, you know, monitor your blood glucose. She had trouble with her Lansing device. So I would go over there like once a week and unjam it for her. And then we do another education session. So 
definitely preparing myself for the next session while being in the current session was kind of how I adapted to it and developed over time. And then by the last session, we would just have like a conversation and I would go through the slides, give it to her ahead of time, let her look through it and just make it less of like feeling like you're in a class and more of like, we're doing this to learn, you know, and make it interesting. That's a great point. I never really thought about printing out the slides and giving them to the patient beforehand, just so they kind of have an idea of like when they do come in, what they're going to talk about, and maybe they can even come up with questions before they even, you know, come in for the class or like you said, not think of it like a class. Mm -hmm. uh, I really, really like that. That actually leads me to my next question. Uh, there was a study that was published in April of this year that found that students that participated in teaching DSMES had significant improvement in their clinical confidence. And I just wanted to ask you if you feel like this statement is correct in terms of your experiences with DSMES. I would definitely agree with that statement. I mean, coming out of my P1 year, we don't exactly have much pharmacotherapeutics. It's more of an introductory year, depending on what school you go to, but it will. So that's how it was. And um, having DSMES definitely put me ahead for the fall semester because I had to learn it on my own. And it was sort of a higher importance because I was going to be sitting down with these patients. I had to make sure what I was saying was correct and factual and also in layman's terms so they could understand it. So when I would be going on, you know, LexiConf or something like that and looking ahead at what medications they were taking, you know, I barely knew what blood pressure medications were. So I would be studying a good couple days ahead and preparing for this one meeting. So kind of crunching down and learning the clinical knowledge behind it so I could pass it on to the patient was where I felt I developed the most. So I definitely feel like it reinforced my knowledge and also reinforced the learning of the patient because we were learning together and we were kind of in the same spot to an extent. But um, we have MTMs at the store for outcomes. So I would do those when I wasn't working on DSMES and that really like pushed me ahead. That was where, you know, you're looking directly at these medicines, medications, pardon me. And you're seeing them over and over again. You're seeing, you know, how they're taken, dosing ranges to be familiar with for patients and the indication even. So it's all right in front of me. And, you know, even just seeing that so many times over again gave me a leg up when I had pretty much no clinical knowledge before, but I definitely felt like it reinforced the knowledge that I was learning. That's amazing. I mean, you're significantly ahead of probably the rest of your class because of, you know, DSMES, but also your internship. Tell us more about that. How did you get started with the medicine shop? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. So I got my immunization certification through Wilkes because it was passed uh, that PA interns could immunize under supervision. So as soon as we could do the course, I did it. And I was like, well, what do I do with it now? I hadn't even worked in a pharmacy at that point. Um, and Dr. Pizzino would send out weekly emails with sites that really needed help with either volunteer immunizers, people drawing doses. And I kept looking because I go home on the weekends and I would, you know, volunteer at either like, you know, animal shelters or something like that. Like, I, again, I didn't work in a pharmacy yet. So I saw there was one in Boyertown and it's like 45 minutes from my home. I was like, I can do that. You know, it's, it's eight to five vaccinations, but I was like, I want to vaccinate. Like I know how to draw doses, but I wanted to vaccinate. And 
Ed put me right in the ring. Like he was like, grab a cart, go. Like we have 3,500 doses to do today. So just go in. And I had never been given that kind of responsibility before, but I enjoyed it because I was standing there talking to patients, reassuring them about like the safety or any even general medication questions they had. And um, I ended up going to every single one of the clinics. It was so much fun. And I really enjoyed going. And Ed was sitting with me one day at lunch and he goes, you know, I'm looking for a new intern. My, uh, my intern's graduating pharmacy school soon. So if you want a job, and it was kind of like a joke in the beginning, but as the weeks went on, he told me that he would be doing a PPA cardiovascular initiative and it would be like the whole summer long and we'd be primarily working with like blood pressures and just improving patient outcomes and I was like I mean I I like patient care I had consultations in care lab but um I had no idea how it was going to turn out but it was probably the best decision I made so finally after he told me that I was like yeah like I'll come work for you that sounds awesome I've always been interested in cardio specific drugs and so I joined his med shop and just signed the paper to start the PPA internship and it went off from there. So the cardiovascular initiative was another huge part of my summer aside from DSMES. It was just kind of improving our clinical services. So I would take say 15 blood pressures a week whenever I would go see our DSMES patient. She lived in an assistant living facility. I would go and do 15 blood pressures or medication reviews with the patients who are on antihypertensives or people who had you know higher blood pressure readings within the last year. Um, Anytime a patient had an MTM and they wanted to come to the store, I would take a blood pressure, record it, counsel them accordingly, um, create a template for referring to physicians if it was too high. I mean, we were busy is what I'm saying, <laughs> but I definitely look back and I'm appreciative that I took the opportunity for the PPA internship and especially with that at the medicine shop. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool how it's just kind of like one thing led to another. And then this mm -hmm. awesome opportunity just kind of fell into your lap. And it sounds like it's a really great fit for you. And you've, it sounds like you've been able to gain a lot of really valuable experiences. For sure. For sure. It's been direct patient care for the last like six months and I couldn't be happier. I love it. I love working directly with people. It's like reassuring of how much we can impact patients' lives, even as a pharmacy intern, um, seeing how much I can do to change. And it's just crazy. I never, I never thought I could do this just as an intern. Absolutely. I know you talked a lot about your blood pressures and DSMES and all the different clinical services that you're <laughs> implementing. So I'm curious to know if you have like any recollection of a really good patient success story that you could share with us. Yeah, I would, again, I had to get like 10 or 15 blood pressures a week. So we get to the point where I would be like getting crafty with it because I keep either calling the same patients or something like that. So uh, we had a patient come in who needed his COVID vaccine card, like he lost his and we would write them again for people, but it got to the point where we were writing them all the time. And, you know, people were coming from even like CVS and Walgreens and we would still write them. But um, my trade-off would be if I write your vaccination card, I have to take your blood pressure while you sit and wait for it. Um, I love so, that. It was a pretty good trade-off and I recommend everybody does it if you need to write COVID vaccine cards because it's just good to get it in the patient's chart, do a quick hypertension assessment. like, And it's a really good learning moment for people, honestly. Um, but we had one patient sit down and I ended up taking his blood pressure and it was pretty high. It was the highest one I had ever taken. I think it was like 
160 over 92. It was the highest one. And I kind of froze, but I didn't show it. I just like had the reading and I was like, okay. And I took the cuff off and I was like, I'm going to go write it down for you on a card. And let me talk to the pharmacist and I'll be right back. Like I just said it like nothing. And I spoke to the pharmacist. He was like, okay, this is a big deal. He comes around the corner. Turns out I, I didn't know it was one of our technicians husbands. So she was working that day and we kept it very relaxed. We just said, you know, you, you should probably either immediately go see your physician, but given that you're on an antihypertensive and it's this high, I'd recommend you go to the ER and just get checked out. They didn't EKG. He didn't have anything. There was no, you know, cardiovascular event. But after that, you know, he came in the next day and he was like, Hey, like, thank you for stopping me and making me, you know, get my blood pressure taken. I had no idea. I had just been like, kind of jumpy for the last couple of days he's like I couldn't describe it but you know then he came in for the next week every day and I was checking his blood pressure when he would drop his wife off so it was a really crazy moment and you know our technician was so thankful she was like thank you for taking it every day like you know I'm sure it's a pain I was like no this is literally what I want to do so thank (laughs) you you know I'm happy we can help and I'm happy you know your husband's safe and being monitored so it was that was one of the moments again where I was like wow like we can really do a lot and I'm directly helping somebody like they all said thank you this is crazy I'm just like squeezing someone's arm but (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool I think it's so awesome again Julia you're literally so young when you think about it like I think back to when I was a P2 I didn't know anything about DSMES I definitely was not taking blood pressures or like 15 blood pressures a week let alone and you get so creative with it too that I think it's so cool and that honestly like pharmacists can take away from it as well and other healthcare professionals too so kudos to you yeah definitely um so Julia I feel like we've asked this question now to all of our guests that we've had on this podcast so far but I'm curious to know what do you most enjoy about DSMES classes I probably, that's a good question. You just got me. <laughs> probably <laughs> enjoy the, the co-learning because they told me in school, you know, you have to get continuing education credits and all this stuff. And I didn't really take it to heart. I was just like, okay, like I got to keep learning. But pharmacy really is a profession where you have to continually learn. Yeah. It is constantly changing. And even since I've been in school for a year between like vaccine rollout, the baby aspirin debate, everything like there are constantly changing regulations and just recommendations. So having those sessions and learning along with those patients and kind of growing with someone was a very unique experience. And I, I appreciate that I had the opportunity through the education sessions to do that. Like we were literally learning at the same time, the same things, because I mean, I probably might've had less knowledge than them to begin on the diabetic medications. And then, you know, by the end of it, we're like making jokes back and forth about the hypertensives going with anti-diabetics. So it's, it's the co-learning for me. That was really the most enjoyable part to, to grow with another human. It was a very like real experience when I think a lot of times people assume community pharmacy can get a little detached from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish every student had the opportunity to participate in DSMES classes while they're in pharmacy school. Um, I think it would provide a lot of growth for our pharmacy students. I also love 
the amount of like self-reflection that you've had over the last few months and how you're able to really think back and figure out what you've learned. Because I know probably me and Rachel can definitely talk on this, but a lot of residency is self-reflection and figuring out what did I do well? What could I improve on? And the fact that you're doing that and thinking back of like some of the amazing experiences that you've had and what went well and how you've grown is just, it's so mature and it's so, um, (laughs) it's just so cool to see like someone so young being able to really self-reflect like that. So you definitely have a bright future. Yes. Thank you guys. (laughs) I I definitely agree with that statement as well. I got good role models to look up to. Both of you stay very busy and it's very impressive how you guys keep up with the podcast and your residencies and going back and forth from school to site. It is inspiring, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, thank you. Well, me and Isabel love it. We love what we do. This opportunity to do the podcast, to be able to interview some of the like coolest people out there. (laughs) I think we're the lucky ones. Yes, yes, definitely. We're the lucky ones. Thank you, Julia, so, so, so much for coming on. I know you're probably like swamped with homework and exams, (laughs) but we really appreciate you coming on and telling us about your perspective on DSMES. And I think it's so cool to hear from a student's perspective. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. And if you ever have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I mean, I'm still in school, but if I can help with anything, let me know. Of course. Definitely, definitely. We'll stay in touch. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Thank you so much for tuning into our DSMES series, Giving a Shot About Diabetes. Thank you to our guest today, Julia, and my co-host, Rachel, for joining me in this conversation today. And I look forward to so many more conversations in the future. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond the SIG. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and others on the Pharmacy Podcast Network on any of your favorite podcast directories. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.